I know I don't know much about you But racing through my head all thoughts about you Yeah You know I never try to hurt you You know And I hate to see you go Welcome back to the Podchat Show um, It took a little bit of a hiatus here It's the dog days of summer So that's what we're calling this podcast The dog days of summer mailbag edition we are just going to choose some random topics to chat about them um i am joined as always by the co-host uh quinn kaiser and roger brandstetter how are you boys doing tonight pretty rough since it's the the dog days (laughs) (laughs) i'm doing swell well that's good um yeah so as always the pod chat show is brought to you by random conversations brought up in the group chat so at one point or another we've talked about all the topics that we are about to cover uh we're just gonna freestyle it if any new topics come up while we do it why don't we just jump right into there um but i'm just gonna go ahead and start picking out topics and we will discuss them sound good love free ball and let's do this yes Oh, this is a great one to start on. Um, so, in more recent news, uh, Justice Anthony Kennedy has decided he is going to retire. And no, we're not going to talk about that retirement. We're going to talk about the ill-advised tweet regarding that retirement. It was Donald Trump Jr. tweeting about <laughs> his retirement being lit because of the possibility that his dad could possibly pick another Supreme Court justice. Um, he he used the word lit. Lit is officially dead. Let's all pour some out for the word lit. R.I.P. What do we think about Don Jr. using lit? I mean, it, it just confirms that Eric is the smart one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, that's a bummer. I was really getting into it. I was just getting into my <laughs> into lit groove. <laughs> I was just using it like few enough times at the times that I used it had it, I don't know, they're impactful. See, uh, I never I never liked the phrase lit when it was first starting because it just sounded like a a phrase that just random girls would start using and it sounded a little cringeworthy and then I started to lean into it, you know? Everybody was doing it. It was in songs. Um and then yeah, now it's officially DOA. Like, I'm going to keep using it, but that's going to be in spite of Don Jr. and his terrible deadlift form. It's terrible that de- You know what is going to be lit? <laughs> when he is hauled off to prison in handcuffs. You know it's going to be more lit? When his daddy is hauled off to prison in handcuffs. That to me is lit Don Jr. Do you mean his father or his daddy? <laughs> Oh, I mean, at this point, he's both, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can be both, I suppose. <laughs> Subconsciously, uh, Trump Sr. wishes that he was not his father, I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> Don I, Jr. I is just so desperate for that attention and that approval. You know, I was telling you about this this weekend. I think it was on GQ or Vanity Fair, and they had a profile on Don Jr., and it sort of portrayed him as just, like, the saddest son. Like, he's constantly, like, throughout his entire life been striving to be, like, his dad's favorite child, and that's just never going to happen because Ivanka exists. So I don't 
I don't like feel bad for him at all. It's a interesting read. I will probably try to research where I read that right now. That's that's really funny because about eleven months ago, GQ published a story called "Donald Trump Jr. is an Idiot of Towering Proportions." Are <laughs> 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 you sure it wasn't just that one? Um, I think we should actually really be talking about that. He started this tweet out with "OMG" all caps. I think that means like Operation Make Great. So we should probably call the FBI to look into that. Um, I'm not as concerned with the word lit as much as the OMG. Or as he says, OMG! I mean, yeah. at least he can tweet in complete <laughs> sentences and capitalizes in the right areas. Apparently that's not a genetic trait. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let's move on from the, the D- John... Don Jr. bashing because... One moment. Uh, Follow-up title is The Real Story of Donald Trump Jr. It's by Julia Yaffe. It's on GQ.com. Ooh, GQ. Let's go. Uh, Next topic here. This one's a little bit more cheerier and should be fun. Um, Is there any summer TV we should check out? Uh, Westworld just ended. Billions ended a couple weeks ago. Um what do we watch if we're not watching The Office for like the seventh time in a row, which I may or may not currently be doing? I think you're supposed to be going outside during the summer um, and not watching TV. But uh, is anybody watching Luke Cage? I'm not, uh, but Netflix is pushing it really hard. It <laughs> <laughs> that, that just keeps getting recommended to me as well. Um, I haven't watched it. I'm sorry. I haven't I, watched it because I know that means there's a f- full first season of Luke Cage that I also have not watched. That's a solid 20 hours of commitment that I just don't want to make. Yeah, I had never watched uh, Parks and Rec all of the way through, and so that's what my primary focus is right now, though I have uh, hovered over the icon for Succession a few times. It's been described as a nice uh, substitute for the lack in our lives of billions just because it is a uh, money show, I guess. So I will likely give that a watch, but uh, I don't know. I, I tend to agree with Quinn that summer is pretty good to be spent outside, which I think might be part of the reason there's not any um, peak TV on. That's fair. Succession, I, I think that's like a, uh, a billions nicotine patch, just to kind of give you that fix. Um, what am I, I actually... Get addicted um, to Nicorette. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just had to do a quick Google to see what is actually coming out. Um, and Glow is is something that I will be watching this summer. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed season one on Netflix. Glow about female wrestlers. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Ooh, shouts yeah. to Allison Bree. Yeah, they showed Allison Bree's boobs in that show, if I remember correctly. From- the 15 seconds I watched. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> well. <laughs> I have any questions. Um, usually the summertime is about when I rewatch Entourage, but I just watched that a couple months ago. That shouldn't stop me, though. I might rewatch Entourage. It's a good time to get caught up on things that you haven't seen. So for me, Parks and Rec, and I've thought about sopranos and the wire like i do every single time uh we talk about things to catch up on uh i think there's some new 
or things that not necessarily new, but movies coming to HBO that perhaps uh, in light of how Oscar season ran down that a lot of people probably didn't go to the theaters to see. So like I never saw Battle of the Sexes, but like I adore Emma Stone. So I'm like once that's out, I definitely want to watch that. What about the Kingsman? Uh, <laughs> God damn it. For our listeners, um, we, had a, June, yeah. <laughs> we had a pretty lit weekend this past weekend, and uh, we had a nice little hangover, hungover viewing sesh for Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle, while we waited for the Westworld premiere or finale, and uh, I don't know about that series. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a super questionable place, and the movie was super questionable in and of itself. The um, human beef portion was pretty great Human beef. was a uh, step up from past hangover viewing experiences of bar rescue strictly on sunday mornings no, no. absolutely not <laughs> never <laughs> you know i'm gonna take this time to actually um stan binge reading because i am about <laughs> i am about five chapters into the second harry potter book because i haven't read those since i was like in elementary or middle school whenever that series ran the first run through um because our our great friends mallory rubin and jason concepcion over on the binge mode podcast are breaking down um sections of the book then they're breaking down the um the movie version and you can read inside you can read outside let's all start a, a book series how about uh I never got past uh, Goblet of Fire, and I've been meaning to reread Harry Potter. Yo. So if- Goblet of Fire is when it starts to get lit for the books. Like, the first three are pretty easy reads, but the last four are probably more adult. I mean, adult. the movie yeah. certainly took on a darker tone. I mean, that's partially because Chris Columbus, the children's movie director, left, and... Uh, I don't know. We should probably plug those pod. I mean, you did, but the ringers, uh, binge mode podcasts are awesome for Harry Potter fans like ourselves. Yeah. I mean, if you like Harry Potter, check that out. You can check out last year's game of Thrones, uh, binge mode where they broke down literally every single episode. So there's like 70 podcasts to listen to of that. And that's how I became a game of Thrones expert. I know you guys don't watch game of Thrones, but you should, really, to be honest. Um, let's go on to a new topic. What do we got here? Are oh, you drawing got... these out of a hat? Um, it is a bowl of sorts that is technically a hat. <laughs> uh, I bet you got some good nachos in that bowl. <laughs> um, dude, they were good nachos. <laughs> for, yeah. for, for people that can't see, Jordan was holding up uh, one of those Milwaukee Brewer helmets that you get at the ballpark with some really good nachos in them. Oh, man. You took that home and washed that? That is some some respect right there. I mean, yeah, all the topics of cheese on them. them. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's look at this. Oh, here we go. The Red Hen Restaurant. Bar and Grill? Restaurant? I don't know. The Red Hen, that place in D.C. You ever been there, Quinn? Have you ever been it's to D.C.? No, no, no. It's in Lexington, Virginia, which is not that close to D.C. Oh, okay. Um, PSA to listeners, do not go to the Red Hens website right now. They were um, 
cyber attack today. So if you go to their website, you will download some malware. Um, that's fun. Did they attack the correct redhead? Because yes. like every redhead in America on Twitter and social media has been getting a barrage of Trumpers and robots just badgering them. Dude, I legitimately wanted to like look at their Yelp page to see like, okay, is this a good restaurant? What's Huckabee Sanders tastes like in restaurants? What's their menu like? And like, it was very easy to find the correct one because it had the most Yelp reviews and it was sitting at <laughs> one star and they're all either five or one star. And it's, it's pretty, pretty rough on the internet. So people try to tank its Rotten Tomato score. Yeah, like a, essentially. Like a bunch of sexually frustrated nerds that don't like a female Jedi in their movies. Yes, exactly like that. <laughs> Gosh, what a goofy scenario. Well, I can't. I just uh, think it's funny that this comes literally in no time after the Supreme Court um, decided that that baker from out in Colorado didn't have to bake a gay couple's wedding cake. And now everybody's just. The right is completely triggered like a bunch of snowflakes about a restaurant who democratically decided amongst their staff that they did not want to serve somebody who lies to the American public on a bi-daily basis. Yeah, there's an argument to be made for, well, for a lot of things surrounding this, uh, given the Trump administration's policies towards immigrants and illegal immigrants in particular. I mean, the restaurant and food service industry tends to be staffed more heavily by illegal immigrants and just immigrants generally than many other industries. So it's not surprising that an owner or manager of this restaurant or any restaurant would want to take a stand against like one of the most vocal, vulgar opponents of just people that are willing to do these relatively low paying jobs that not a ton of people want to do and just stand up for your people. And then, I mean, there's the, the civility argument, which is just absolutely insane in light of how the Trump administration has run since day one and the entire campaign, plus even before that, the way that uh, they just treated Barack Obama like he wasn't the president, which is not particularly civil. <laughs> Yes, there were literally instances where they treated um, not just Barack Obama, but Michelle Obama as not human, which was it's about as low as you can get. And to be honest, these people are just abhorrent, incorrigible. It's like one of the only forms of protest, too, that we have right now. Um, all of our branches of government are, are controlled by the same party. Um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of hope at this moment in time um, because things are lit on the right side. Um, and refusing that service, like it's, it's just somebody that you don't want to serve, um, which I would be okay with on either side. Like if I went into a restaurant and they were just like, Quinn, you treated me like shit last week go away. I feel like that's okay. <laughs> um, but it's like one of the last places where the American people can like stand up and say like, you guys suck. Like this is wrong and you should be shamed in public. So I'm totally okay with that. 
Just like I should be shamed in public if I treat you like shit. So I'm sorry if I treated yeah. you like shit. Yeah, that's why we treat you like that in public. <laughs> <laughs> One other note on the civility thing. Um, I mean, the owner, I'm assuming as the owner, I think, um, like went up to Sarah Huckabee Sanders and like, uh, according to everything that I've read, and it could be wrong because it is all hearsay, but he politely asked her to leave. She, to her credit, politely got up and left. Uh, and the owner said, okay, it's cheese plate, which that's a goofy ass detail, but this cheese plate is on the house. Like that's about as nice as you can say, I don't want your, your business here. It's like, I'll pay for what you already got. Please don't be here. Like, it doesn't get much nicer than that if you want to make a statement like this. Yeah, I mean, by all accounts, it's not like she walked in and got booed like like a reverse norm or something. Like she just was asked politely and civilly to leave. And then upon leaving, I don't know how long afterwards it took her, but she decided to uh, take to social media. And, of course, Donald Trump will tweet something about um, – Secretary Sanders getting booted out of a restaurant, but won't take the time to uh, tweet about maybe some racial issues. Uh, he jumped on that right away. And of course, his psychotic fan base just decided to jump on it right away. So fuck civility. Civility's out the window. I'm going to get that screen printed on a T-shirt and I'm going to wear it all day. <laughs> I can uh, just come into Sarah's side here. I have definitely gotten... Gross gotten asked to leave a bar at some point in my life and yes. i left them a pretty nasty facebook review um after leaving i mean i was i was intoxicated though um when i left that nasty review so maybe she was just like really drunk and was like ah, i wanted some food and these assholes kicked me out and just like went on a tweet store maybe she has like a burner account that we don't know about where like it's way worse than than this is an outbinner case. No. All right. What's the next topic? Let me eat my cheese. <laughs> cheese platter. <laughs> um, oh, here we go. Some new music came our way more recently. Um, still have, feel like we haven't had a soundtrack to the summer, but we got some. Tomorrow. New, <laughs> new Jersey tomorrow. Um, we got Kanye's single album, Kanye and Kid Cudi, Kid See Ghost, um, Nasir, uh, Pusha T's album. Um, what is what is the best so far? Were we overwhelmed by Kanye's album, Underwhelmed? Because I'm I'm all in on Kid See Ghost and Nasir. I think those are the best ones so far. All in on J Rock's win, 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 win. That I, that song's just stuck in my head all the time. <laughs> because you're all about that winning when i need that extra lap on the elliptical that song comes on if i can crush that lap and that right now is the song of of spring until tomorrow i have a couple of like songs of summer just writ just largely uh, i like high horse by casey musgraves which is very much not in my typical wheelhouse just given that she's sort of more country leaning but she is like an amazing voice and it is a incredibly catchy song and it is about uh, horses. And so obviously <laughs> directly right in your wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. It's very much, very much just made for me. Uh, as to the metaphor, or <laughs> yeah, she's telling some 
dude to get off his high horse. But I oh, mean, yeah. the she says giddy up a bunch in it too. So like, it's pretty cool. Um, is as there to a key change, uh, you know, there's a key change. I don't think there is. No, no it's a good song. It, cold it's very much worth a listen. <laughs> it's great. Casey Musgraves is dope. Her uh, a few years ago, she played "Follow Your Arrow" at the I think it was the Grammys or was the VMAs, but it was awesome. I really like her a lot, and she's like really cute and has one of the best voices I've ever heard. As to the album thing, uh, "Kids See Ghosts" is probably the best of the five albums that Kanye released. Uh, that's the one that he collaborated on with Kid Cudi or as my mother calls him, Kid Cutie. And um, it just flows really well. The songs sound good. They touch on some of the mental health stuff that both Kid Cudi and Kanye have dealt with in the past several years. Um, And there's a few pretty good bars that both of them drop in that album, and I quite enjoy it. Kanye's album was whelming but for i mean i'm a as if you listen to this pod you know i'm a a huge kanye fan so like i liked the album i would definitely give it positive reviews but it wasn't like a transformative experience like uh dark fantasy or yeezus or his previous work if you're a fan of those more than the recent stuff see the way i judge it is especially for like a song of the summer can i see us like if we're out at a bar and all of a sudden one of those songs starts to play are we all looking at each other like oh let's get on the dance floor or are we just kind of like okay yeah it's got some yay in here i didn't think any of those um get out on the dance floor songs were on the yay album um kids see ghosts maybe a good pre-game album i would say um I don't see myself rocking out and raging very hard to Kid See Ghost, though. I would say probably the best, like, dance floor jam out of the, f- well, okay, so Kanye released five. I didn't really, well, that's not true. I was going to say I didn't think there were any on the Tayana Taylor album that were that good, but the um, WTP, oh. I think that was the initials. Yeah. <laughs> it stands for Work That Pussy. <laughs> Can we swear on this podcast? Uh, I'll have the uh, that. That was a pretty good song. Uh, I don't know if there were any dance floor jams, but I, the first track on Pusha T's Daytona album, um, if you know, you know, is pretty good, and I can turn up and have turned up to that. What are we expecting from Drake's double album? Because it's going to be a double, right? One side hip-hop. Yes, sir. Side A, side B. Uh, we're expecting big things from Drake over here at the Drake Fan Club. Ovo Sound. Um, yeah. Like twenty some plus tracks. It's got Jay Z featured on it. Michael Jackson's featured on it. Um, it's already come out with some bangers. God's plan. I'm upset. Nice for what? And I'm upset. The big question is whether or not he's going to come for Pusha T. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> like we know that this is going to happen. Is he going to uh, come for a Don? Uh, it sounds like it because in I'm upset he references some some child support. That I'm guessing Drake probably wasn't paying, but no, I take that back. I think so far nice for what might be the song of the summer. That shit goes hard. Yeah, 
or possibly this is, until Carvey drops something out of the blue and that will blow up. Uh, I've been actually digging some some Nicki Minaj songs lately as well. Um, oh, there's Bed. She is with Ariana Davidson. We haven't even mentioned Beyonce and Jay Z. There's actually some really really good music out right now um, across the board. Like got Kanye and Cudi, Jay Z and Beyonce, Drake tomorrow, Ariana, Nicki, Cardi B. What's the one song on uh, the Carter's album that everyone loves that I can't think of the name of right now? Oh, I just listened to that earlier today, and I also don't know what you're talking about. Is it Go Ape Shit or something like that? Yeah. Ape Shit. Uh, somebody I, needs to come to us with like hot music out right now, because if it weren't for these albums, I'm consistently like three to four weeks behind on new music. And I, I just don't, I can't keep up anymore. I don't, that's not really my thing to keep up with music anymore. So somebody's got to help me out at all times. So all right. good. nice opportunity to ask the, the friends of the pod to add us on Twitter <laughs> at send us some music guys at links to YouTube clips. I mean, I've, I've also been a fan of logic. Who's got an album out right now. If you are into Chicago rappers, I'm into Chancellor the Rapper. He's from Chicago. Maybe I just listened to his last album in Chicago and put that on him. But there's some really good music out right now. What's uh, what you just pulled out? MBA free agency. NBA on the dawn of literally one of the greatest weeks of the year because we always get NBA free agency that somehow just beautifully lines up with the 4th of July. I mean, obviously it's because their free agency deadline starts on like July 1st and they can sign contracts on the 6th. Um, it's a big day for LeBron. Yeah. So actually, I mean, I wrote down some names. Um, the big names that are being floated around in NBA free agency are obviously LeBron, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. Um, Paul George, as of uh, today, the 28th, is the only one who's actually a free agent at this time because he said uh, he told the Thunder he was going to opt out of his contract. Kawhi is still under his contract, um, and so is LeBron, unless he chooses to opt out as well. Um, but those are... Those are the big names. The rest of the guys are kind of mid-tier, um, unless you're talking about like DeAndre Jordan um, being traded or something like that. More more movement with the NBA trades over this free agency period. Yeah, and I think the Paul George news is news that isn't news. Like by opting out, he can now get the five-year Supermax um, if he so chooses. If he opts in, then still making a lot of money, but just for one year. Um, obviously curious to see what happens with LeBron, Kawhi, PG, and then how the back end of the rosters fill out that they end up on. Like, do the Lakers have to give up some of their young talent to bring in Kawhi? And then do they make the cardinal sins of LeBron teams past and, and sign a bunch of J.R. Smiths? Um, or do they keep some of that young core and ride it out? That'll be fine. What's I don't have the, any breaking news, no sources for me. What's the ideal situation for the Los Angeles Lakers? Get a bunch of good players and win a title. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's the end. Game, but how do they I mean, get 
the hype has built up to they are getting LeBron, they're getting Kawhi, they're getting PG thirteen, and then they're Bill also Russell. like <laughs> like there's I mean just just search Lakers on Instagram and you'll see they're starting five of like all all star power forwards and small forwards. So that's what where the hype is at for the Laker fan base. I think that no matter what happens for the Lakers this offseason, though, it's going to be a win. They're, they're young guys. I've been pretty good, um, still showing flashes of potential and growing in that potential. If they get absolutely nobody, they just have next year. And Brandon Ingram turns, what, like 23 and becomes a, a star. And then they bring in another person like LeBron after a, a year in Cleveland or wherever else he goes. Um, it's going to be fun. Yeah. What's the worst landing spot of the ones that people largely discuss as possible landing spots for LeBron? Uh, I think it's the Rockets, honestly. As much as Harden and CP3 are great, like that roster will just be so gutted that it will look like, just like the end of the Heat era. Um, and he'll have to bounce after a year anyway. In my opinion. Go for it, Jordan. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say the spots that are being floated are obviously just staying in Cleveland, um, Philadelphia, Houston, the Lakers, and on a lower level, maybe the Clippers, just because they happen to be in L.A. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think I feel like the worst situation is the 76ers, um, and not necessarily for LeBron, because if LeBron goes there, they probably do have a better shot to come out of the East, but I think it's for the Sixers themselves. Um, I think Ben Simmons could possibly learn quite a bit from LeBron James because LeBron James was not always the greatest shooter, um, although he was better than Ben Simmons, but I think whose development it could stunt is Joel Embiid's um, because the ball will be in LeBron's hands a lot and as we've seen over the past couple years the people that kind of suffer with LeBron on their team are those really talented bigs um Chris Bosh essentially had to take on a whole different personality um Kevin Love was already that three-point shooter but Kevin Love has been resorted to a role player basically um so I'm just I'm afraid that Jojo just gets a little bit of uh a back door seats and I, I don't think that's just a very good fit I think that's that's adding that's adding somebody who you basically have to build around and I think they already have a fine foundation in and of itself and they're just kind of they're not following the process that they've already started on hashtag the process <laughs> yes that's fair process. I'm glad you mentioned Kevin Love though because I think he's going to be a storyline that I will personally be interested in. I, I just love Banana Republic. And um, no, in, in all sincerity, I, he could probably get traded if LeBron opts out um, or if he opts in. Um, and I'd love to see if he ends up as like, maybe he ends up as the third guy in Philly or Houston, or maybe he ends up carrying a team or Utah is a pretty sexy location for him. Um, and all of a sudden, a, a mini super team is born with some rising stars like Donovan Mitchell. Um, so I'd be curious where he would go because I think he's like maybe a tier or two below those guys everybody's talking about. 
but could end up being somebody who come playoff time as a, a three on a team instead of a two, and all of a sudden he's a really, really good three like yeah. Thompson. I I loved Timberwolves Kevin Love. Like Timberwolves Kevin Love was easily a top twenty player. Uh, then he joined the Cavs, and now he probably still a top fifty player. But I feel like he's he's pushing it a little bit, <laughs> um, just because again he's always had to take that that third seat duty. Um, even without Kyrie Irving this year, with J.R. Smith struggling in. A couple of playoff games, somehow Jeff Green was the second option and Kevin Love didn't get elevated at all, didn't get more touches or anything. He was just kind of he's just there and he needs to he needs to be in a, on a better team to get back to his old self. And I think it would help Cleveland in the long run to just cut ties. Um, Can you guys tell I'm out of my depth? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question for Jordan. I'm curious if you've got one franchise who nobody in the national media is talking to or talking about um, that could maybe make some moves. That's like, oh, I would want to tune into that team. Uh, obviously, the homer pick is the Bucks with Giannis. Um, but I'm curious if there's like, you know what? I wouldn't mind checking out the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> Justin yeah. Timberlake would not mind that. I mean, the Grizzlies are in a great position, but I mean, the team I was actually going to point out would be the Miami Heat. Miami Ooh. just always consistently a target for free agent destinations because what young NBA player doesn't want to fucking live in Miami? We've already seen people flock there um, year after year just because Florida is a... Um, Good state tax-wise, Miami is still fairly turned as a city. It's not underwater yet. And um, they have some manageable contracts. They're almost out of the Hassan Whiteside contract, but I'm willing to bet that some team would want to trade for him. Um, maybe a, a contender that could use a solid big. Um, they have some manageable contracts, like the Kelly Olenek one is fairly manageable yet. The... Tyler Johnson one is a little bit of an albatross, but that one still might be movable. You might have to attach something else to it, but it's still kind of movable. And of course, Pat Riley is just, if he gets in a free agent room with somebody, he's just going to whip out all those rings on the table and, you know, tell him to, or tell the player to show him theirs too. I like that answer. What about the uh, New Orleans Pelicans? Ooh. I know they, they have a basketball team. They uh, do. Uh, the big question for them is Boogie, whether they decide to pursue Boogie really hard after the ACL injury, uh, which is a really fucking not great injury to try to come back from when you're seven feet tall and like 280 pounds. Um, just saying, maybe, maybe hold off on that. Um, I mean, Anthony Davis though is a key cornerstone. Um, but I don't know. I, I can't really see them making any moves that make me go, I'm going to tune into them. Um, but I will tune into them when they are the eight seed in the West. Yeah. the will... Pel- Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the Pelicans are a team that I feel like I still can't tell what direction they're wanting to go in. And they're a team that this is the summer that they need to figure it out because Anthony Davis's contract is... <laughs> I mean, the grains of sand are slowly going through the hourglass, but he's got like 
two years left, I believe, when he's a free agent, and then he will be probably the most coveted free agent since LeBron, since Kevin Durant the year before. Probably, maybe even more so because he is that like transformative, and he is the ideal big for today's game. They're plus, basically the Milwaukee Bucks plus two years. Uh, I was just going to say he has really good facial hair. I don't have that many <laughs> NBA takes. I've got a great take. Anthony Davis, Giannis Antetokounmpo joining forces. They would be Chicago. Able to, they would be able to stand on opposite baselines and touch fingers. <laughs> touch gingerly touch tips. <laughs> twenty twenty, it's happening. Look out. Greek freak in the brow. Um oh I, I do want to ask, what do you think the Spurs do about Kawhi Leonard? Because this is probably the the biggest thing. And I feel like it's a little odd because Kawhi Leonard, who wants out of San Antonio now, is like, I don't know if I've ever heard him speak before. But <laughs> it's, I mean, it's quite, I don't know. Like, it's just Kawhi seems, Leonard. <laughs> it seems so weird, first of all, that he's like causing a controversy. And second of all, with like the Spurs, which is supposed to be one of the organizations, you know, you want to play for San Antonio, allegedly. Allegedly. I mean, it's not like it's a poorly mismanaged yeah, no, no, franchise I or something. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where he lands. I feel like I feel like him and LeBron have been texting. Oh, LeBron texted KD this week. Asked him about joining the Lakers, by the way. You are a bitch. <laughs> I, believe, um, I believe it was Mark Stein who reported that. No, Stephen A. Smith said that. Stephen A. So, Smith said that. I think Stephen A. Smith's full of shit. Yeah, so yeah, take it with a grain of salt. Also, though, like, nothing Someone comes out of LeBron's camp. Nothing ever comes out of LeBron's camp. So, Katie. Yeah, leaker. unless. Katie's unless, a leaker. Unless Brian Windhorst reports what LeBron is doing, I don't really believe it. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> Stephen A. I love the offseason jokes about Brian Windhorst, though. Like, he's been following <laughs> LeBron since the womb. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going with LeBron James to Los Angeles? <laughs> Brian Windhorse. <laughs> <laughs> Come back. But no, I don't I don't know how Kawhi Leonard can pass up two hundred and nineteen million dollars. Like it if it's super bad, then sure, go ahead. But I'm I'm an advocate for players getting paid and absolutely getting as much money as possible. But I don't know. I guess this wouldn't be his last max contract, so Maybe you're taking the chance there. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to pass on a huge payday if you are on a garbage-ass team. But, I mean, as you said before, the Spurs have been good for a long time. Pop is a great coach. I would think most players would relish the opportunity to play with one of the greats that's coaching right now. So it's, it's strange, and him not showing up to playoff games is weird, just... Weird energy around Kauai, the Hawaiian island of NBA players. Kauai jinx and NBA free agency. Um, should we should we keep talking basketball? Or should we move on to the next topic? Because I love talking about some b balls. I could talk b ball all night, but let's move on. Okay, this Great is transition. Actually, 
Okay, we go from um, a topic that's not really in Roger's wheelhouse to one that's 1,000% in Roger's wheelhouse. Is it destiny? (laughs) (laughs) No, it is something maybe only I'm noticing, but it's popping up more and more on social media. (laughs) This weird anti-IPA moment that we're having. Like, have you guys seen this? There are some posts that have been floating around recently about... um, you know, IPAs are the man's uh, pumpkin spice latte or like just it's just like a weird anti essentially anti good beer <clears throat> anti PA <laughs> anti PA. There's like a backlash. Have you guys seen this or am I the only one that's seeing this? And I think nah, I've it. seen it. I've been on Twitter and I'm a little bit mad about it. Hold on. It's uh, it's done. <laughs> it's dumb I, I feel like the people that are doing this have got to be just like bug diesel guzzlers and it's just like i'm fine if you don't like hoppy or bitter beers but there's a reason that an ipa is the most marketable and popular craft beer option that is out there right now and it's because lots of people like it it has bold flavor which is traditionally a a hallmark of american palates and like it's fine to not like something, but I'm not. I don't know. Like I just shit on Bud Diesel as being bad, and I was about to say that's not nice to uh, denigrate things that other people enjoy. But uh, <laughs> if you're talking about like things that are like just better quality, I mean, uh, any craft beer is going to be better than I don't know. I'm going to start rambling and getting upset. Quinn, do you have thoughts? <laughs> I do, but you're not going to be happy about it. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Um, I noticed this, and I noticed it so much that I went and bought myself some, some ni- nice Hefeweizen uh, for the weekend. Um, I believe this is coming from the drive for gut health in liberal cities where kombucha has taken hold. And gut health. Now, um, the, the newest obsession is... I don't need a beer with all this hops. Uh, this is actually uh, a beer that was created for shipping. Um, and now we have refrigerators. So I don't need double the amount of hops in my beer. I can just have a nice tasting half of bison. And the thing is that IPAs <laughs> taste good. What people a disappointed like father. They taste good. That's why people drink them. That's why they became popular. That's like saying I don't like. Uh, yes, but think about like sausage, like a, a really good salty salami. <laughs> like, why is that salami so so salty? Fermentation. I don't know. <laughs> why is that? Because salty? we didn't have refrigerators, and now we do. Yeah, but salami's still really good, and that's why and people still get salami really bad for you. Though it's still really bad for you. I don't know if that's the argument here. It's, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink an IPA this weekend. Just putting that out as a caveat. But this, I think this is where it's coming from: is that we we are becoming woke to the new lit. By the way, woke um, or maybe the old lit. Um, we're becoming more aware of that's the, new the joys of our refrigerators. <laughs> I don't okay. know. I think IPAs have just been in the craft beer spotlight for long enough that people like I am all for trying new things. I think anyone that gets beers with me will 
see that I will order like a barrel aged sour over whatever the house IPA is often if it's like my first time to a brewery and like I highly encourage that among anyone who's like trying new beers like definitely try as many as you can and find your niche but don't <laughs> don't shit on the most popular one uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is like one of these beers that like started the craft beer movement and it, none of these like cool Hefe Weizens or uh, whatever chili stouts or peanut butter porters or watermelon Hefe Weizens, like none of these would exist if there wasn't some sort of impetus like, well, just a decent IPA that wasn't a macro Bud Diesel-esque beer. Jordan, um, do you have thoughts? <laughs> Just kind of a quick question. Jordan says Corona and tequila, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But also, this is kind of a just a hole in maybe my pop culture knowledge. But what is is kombucha an alcohol or is that just like a. It's very slight. Like. Like 1%. Half a percent. I mean, you can get alcoholic kombucha with like higher percentage, but. But no, it's like that yeast and fermentation in there. Um, it's yeah. juice that is good for your gut, supposedly, that the uh, American health associations don't support. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Roger's article that he wrote about beer really made me turn around to this different perspective of... I mean, coming out of college and throughout college, it was more like a drink to get drunk situation. So I wasn't, you know, trying to get, you know, different beers. I was just getting what I knew, getting something that I could chug quickly or shotgun if need be, getting something that could fit into a drawstring bag when I'm walking around Badger Saturdays. Getting something that you knew, getting something steel and blue, Keystone! (laughs) Keystone. I am going to relate this to another meme or tweet that i've been seeing floating around recently it's that pronounced mimi Mimi. (laughs) it's pronounced jeff um (laughs) (laughs) it it said something like it's it's not cute anymore as an adult to be a picky eater so stop ordering fucking chicken fingers every time you go out to eat and try you know something new and i feel the same way now about beer like if why not just try something new? Stop being picky. If you're going to go out and spend a certain amount of money on some dollars or on some beers, I should say, you should just try something different, you know, try something fun. And of course, because it is, is a new thing going on brewery tours and, you know, having all these microbrews and IPAs to choose from, not everybody was going to be 100% in on this trend. And of course there's going to be backlash to everything. So but I think it's a, it's dumb backlash. Yeah. If anything, if you don't like bold tasting beers, dear listener, if you can't get on board with like a porter or a stout, which tend to be a little bit more drinkable than an IPA or whatever, there are plenty of craft lagers and a half a Weizen is a wheat beer. It's very similar to blue moon. And you can support local breweries instead of massive corporations, and the beer is better. <laughs> you will likely get drunker on fewer beers, and isn't that what we're all trying to do? 
I've heard if you like beers that taste great and are less filling, then... Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Bite your tongue. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, but Jordan's tangent about uh, chicken tenders uh, reminds me of some sad news. Um, You had chicken tenders tonight, didn't you? No, an article article recently came out in the District of Columbia um, talking about where the... Trump supporters and and members working in the Trump White House are going to eat and going to socialize to date. And one of my favorite places that serves this amazing, amazing chicken was noted in that article. Uh, We did not go there, but thank God. (laughs) I don't know what to what to do anymore. It's really, really good chicken, really, really good burgers. And um, it's on my walk home. And what's it called? What's the name? Shout them out. I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> I, I will say that apparently this, this stigma is out there. Um, if anybody's seen me at a, at an establishment wearing a red Washington nationals hat, it was a Washington nationals hat. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't racist. It was just misunderstood. Sorry. Um, do they have well done steak though? Oh, I don't know. Probably not. Lots of ketchup. <laughs> oh, you you actually meant what I thought you meant like they cooked it like really good. They were good at cooking it. No, oh, they cook oh. it really bad. <laughs> but ironically, it's well done. <laughs> I meant do they burn that shit to a crisp and make you freaking fried steak? Enjoy your puck. <laughs> <laughs> um all right. So oh backtracking a little bit to this topic, I've got Justice Anthony Kennedy, that bitch. Pass. <laughs> uh, I, I have been calling him that bitch over the past like 24 hours because he assisted in ha- having this vote that was just terrible and then all of a sudden he decides he wants to retire and he's like you know what see that guy in the white house i want him to decide who is going to be my successor i'm not gonna wait i'm gonna retire now freaking ruth bader ginsburg is outlasting you bro like what are you doing yeah it's just as someone who's spent his career being like the swing vote and kind of being like one of the more interesting people in the judicial system just as the swing vote and as someone who has a libertarian streak for him to go out like this and to be handing his seat over to this Congress and this president is, I don't know. It it's it incredibly bitter tasting. It's a, it's rough. It's dumb and I don't like it. And I really hope that something good happens, <laughs> but I don't think it's going to. <laughs> In terms of like his replacement, let me clarify a little bit. I'm sure that it's going to be someone right leaning, but I'd rather it be someone more in the mold of Anthony Kennedy rather than someone like, I mean, the next most liberal person is uh, Justice Roberts, who isn't liberal at all. (laughs) Like he, he did help uphold the Affordable Care Act at one point, but that was largely seen as an enormous surprise and yeah dark days dark days ahead everyone <laughs> yes um looks like the front runner uh according to the internet right now is 
Thomas Hardiman. Um, I don't know anything about him. He looks pretty sounds, white. He, he looks sounds pretty dick. conservative. It sounds um, white. <laughs> yeah, it's dark days ahead. Uh, definitely. Um, I don't. I don't really know what the Dubs can do to hold this up um, with McCain uh, rehabbing. They really just need what, like one center. Yeah. Well, the play is going to be playing on Roe v. Wade, since anyone that Trump nominates is likely to be very anti-abortion, just based on his and Mitch McConnell specifically's uh, philosophical views on abortion. And if they can get either Susan Collins or Murkowski to flip based on. their feelings towards a woman's right to choose, that's going to be probably the most likely path to be able to block uh, an extreme right-wing nomination. And hopefully, if that can happen, the Dems can hold on until after the election, which, you know, uh, fucking Mitch McConnell said that that was what he was waiting for last time and suddenly doesn't want to wait for the people to have a... Voice. Play, play that all the way out. What happens? Let's what, say uh, one wave quick, does come. One quick point, though. Murkowski and Collins have been silently approving. Um, oh yeah, I don't trust them. For, Let me for the courts for like Trump has appointed more uh, justices to courts all across the country than than Obama did in his entire run as president i believe yeah yeah and i his last two years or something like that yeah. so they are not i'm not relying on them to do the right thing like spike yeah. yeah and that is an excellent point um they are like we shouldn't rely on that at all like just because they believe in a woman's right to choose uh, at least nominally they definitely don't vote liberal ever <laughs> so it's it's going to be rough. And I mean, all of this hinges on the Democrats being united in opposing whatever extreme nominee emerges from the muck as well. So there's, there's a lot of politicking to do and it's going to be ugly and it's going to be a very hot summer on Capitol Hill. So enjoy that Quinny. We got two and a half years of trying to hold this appointment off. (sighs) Well, I mean, if the, Democrats take the Senate back, which is an enormous if, just based on the way that elections play out. But if the Democrats take back the Senate, they can essentially, well, either just block any nominee that they want or just wait until Trump caves and puts a moderate person up, which is what every previous president would have done. Um, Traditionally, at least since Reagan, um, if there's been a Supreme Court opening— I mean, there have been people or presidents that nominate justices that have opposing ideological views in terms of like the liberal conservative spectrum just to keep the 5 4 balance at least intact, just so the courts aren't skewed one way or the other, which uh, I don't feel like Trump is going to do because he doesn't really respect the rule of law or the rule of the people. And it's just rough and I'm mad and life sucks everyone. Yeah. The frustrating part about this is like the courts for the most part, especially the Supreme court is supposed to be something that looks largely at the rule of law and doesn't, at least doesn't 
here to make many decisions based on what their personal beliefs are. Um, they look at precedent. They look at uh, what the current state of law is, and that's what they apply to cases because essentially the Supreme Court is just a, I guess, massive, like powerful appeals court. Um, but with that being said, with with the way that Mitch McConnell held out for literally months, um, what was longer between when they had to make the last Supreme Court appointment and the presidential election, there's actually a shorter window between the um, upcoming elections this fall and from um, Justice Kennedy's retirement. The way they made that a political moment, the way they appointed um, Gorsuch onto the Supreme Court was largely a political move. Everybody knew he was a right-leaning judge. And now it's like our third branch of government that is supposed to be an equal check and balance on the other two is going to be possibly Republican run unless the Democrats finally decide they want to grow a spine and do something about it. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think enough words can be said about how badly Mitch McConnell has just like, run over our democrat democratic processes in this country just the way that he obstructed obama it was i mean that alone is disgraceful but then to turn around in this cycle uh before this election in fewer days than before that election and to say oh we're gonna try to rush this through and we expect you to the number of votes it takes to confirm him yeah like he moved moved the goal line to get Gorsuch through, uh, would not even consider Merrick Garland, who by all accounts is a, like he is a center left person, but it's not like Obama nominated. I don't know who's the most liberal person you can think of uh, to be on the Supreme court. Like Trump is going to do. It's uh, just, I don't know, like Bernie Sanders or Rachel Maddow. <laughs> yeah. Solid, yeah. Exactly. And that's exactly what they're going to do. And it's shameful. And there's a propaganda wing called Fox News that's going to convince 40% of the country that this is fine. And it sucks because those same people that watch that, uh, 90% of them are going to be hurt by these policies that the court's now just going to enable a bummer. Do we have another topic? I'm getting sad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, please. Okay, final topic that is in this terrorist. Yeah, my favorite. <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about recent red boxes. So this is just a more of red an tube? umbrella. umbrella. <laughs> yep, an umbrella topic. Um, anything that we've seen recently? Um, any sort of movies that we have streamed um you know maybe a, a hidden gem we discovered on netflix maybe the kingsman and the golden <laughs> the golden circle man or anything okay. that you found entertaining or could recommend to a friend just want to throw this out there but uh the setup on netflix is the rom-com of the summer i've so been good. meaning to watch that Were you oh my god me to watch that i'm like gonna watch it again i fucking loved it um, Zoe Deutsch and some guy. I don't. It doesn't matter. She was awesome in it, and 
Is that with fucking Morse chestnut? It's like, it's basically two interns who are busting balls for 60 hour weeks, um, set their bosses up together. And then they like, of course, slowly fall in love too. Um, it's great. It just had everything I wanted. It was so good. Makes me cry. Just think about it. Um, I would watch, you can watch it as a single male or female <laughs> or non-gendered, um, person uh you can do whatever you want it's just a really good movie so awesome i'm I'm actually going to check that out because um based on your recommendation from the group chat for which this podcast is named after uh turn that out uh i have uh, on hbo the final year is uh i guess a documentary it's uh some camera person followed Obama and his uh, foreign policy team during the final year of the Obama <laughs> administration. What the heck, guys? Come on. <laughs> that was uh, a good uh, some camera person followed Obama and his foreign policy team, primarily like Ben Rhodes and Samantha Powers, during the final year of that administration. Uh, that was on HBO, and it largely fills a like a west wingy sort of void in my life uh except it's it's nonfiction, and you get to hear really smart people talk about things that very much still are issues but are being dealt with differently but if you're listening to us you will likely agree with the people that you're watching on the screen more than the people that are presently in the white house uh and it was almost like very relaxing and soothing to watch, which I think I texted to you guys. Um, it's just a nice departure to hear smart people talking about like Iran's nuclear stuff or dealing with uh, Russia's growing aggression in the world and stuff like that. So I would highly recommend that if you're into anything political at all. Ah, so people who actually care about the world and want to make a change and want to make differences in the lives of every American and not just a select few. Right. And who are like incredibly well-spoken on like unprecedentedly well credentialed individuals. I mean, to hear Obama talk uh, like just gosh, it was great. It's really good to watch. It's good to hear his voice. All right. Well, my recent red box is much more lowbrow than that. <laughs> um, I watched Ibiza on Netflix, actually. I don't know if you guys checked that out after I recommended it, but um, I enjoyed it. It wasn't an extremely dense movie. I've been describing it as um, Euro Trip, but with EDM music. Um, Jillian Jacobs, who... I mean, another community alum getting a shout out in this. Wait, Jillian Jacobs, right? That's right. Yeah, another community alum getting a shout out in this podcast, along with Allison Bree. Um, it is not a long watch. I believe it's maybe just over ninety minutes, and it's not something that requires your absolute focus and attention to understand what's happening. So, it is also something you can just have on in the background, or something that you can. I mean, I know it's not, it's Netflix and not cable, so you can't just pick up in the middle of it. You're going to start from the beginning, but um, it's nice to have one of those movies that you just can unwind with and not have to uh, strain any sort of cognitive muscles just to watch it. I hate straining my brain. 
<laughs> you know what? Sometimes I just want to crack open an IPA and and watch a good Netflix film. Hey, that sounds real uh, familiar. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I am. I'm all out of topics, guys. I I tried. You know what? We're in the dog days of summer. There's not much to talk about unless we want to get super sad talking about the state of our nation. What's the timestamp? We were probably doing pretty okay. Eh, I don't know. This thing doesn't record the timestamp. Nice. So it is what it is. Um, you guys working on anything or got anything you want to chat about? I'm doing uh, IT audit over at Cuna Mutual right now. If you guys want to do some business uh, with Cuna, go for it. Otherwise, you can follow me <laughs> on uh, on Instagram at Raj15Podge, P-O-D-G-E, or on Twitter at, at Big Dick Energy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. It's at Raj underscore Podge. Uh, and uh, uh, I don't tweet a lot, but I I do retweet a lot, so at me. So that's that's good. <laughs> Scorpion just dropped, so I'm gonna go to bed. Oh wait, Scorpion just dropped. Yes. Should we reconvene in an hour? <laughs> um, I'm Quinn. You can find me on Twitter at Hello Quinny. Uh, the only thing I'm working on right now is. Getting uh, children reconnected with their parents who are separated at the border. Uh, you should do that um, if you have any power in that or donate to that cause. Um, join your local Democratic Socialists of America and let's make some change. 2018. Yes, let's make some fucking change. There are kids who are being pulled into immigration court being expected to uh, represent themselves. Uh, Puerto Rico still needs assistance. Flint still doesn't have clean water. And Donald Trump is probably golfing as much as ever because it is the summertime. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jordan underscore Smith 27. Um, of course, I am writing. Whenever you see me write something, it'll probably be up there. Um, working on some other things too, so... Stay tuned for that. We might have to have an emergency podcast if LeBron James decides to switch teams or or something like that, I think. Shout out to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez giving hope to the Democrats. Oh, shout out to LeBron James. Shout out to Tom Brady because he knows what season it is. 